0: No purchase necessary. Void are prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for
1: details. You're listening to Outlaws and Gunslingers. The only podcast covering all of America's infamous criminals. From the Wild West to the Mafia. All the way up to the ruthless street gangs of today. Brought to you exclusively by the Creative Control Network. Here are your hosts, the Mouthy Michiganders. Bang and Dang.
0: Welcome back to Outlaws and Gunslingers with your host, Bang and Dang. Bang here, Dang over there. On this episode, of Outlaws and Gunslingers, we're bringing you the um, well-known and well-documented case of the infamous Unabomber that terrorized uh, America from 1978 to 1995, killing three people, injuring twenty-three others. The dude and made I, it a long time. He did. How long did the other the little bomber in the movie, mail bomber? It was yeah. about twenty years, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. Um yeah, Theodore John Kaczynski, obviously also known as the Unabomber, American domestic terrorist, former mathematics professor. Of course. He uh did the bombing between seventy eight and ninety five, killing three people injuring twenty three in a nationwide bombing campaign against people he believed to be advanced in modern technology Ooh. and the destruction of the environment. And he quit. So uh, he, quit, he quit
1: teaching in 1969 okay. to pursue a primitive life. Primitive life. So, or, he, so did he go out and like in the woods and dude, live well, off the grid? Well, spoiler. That's yes. A primitive
0: life, right? Spoiler. Yes, he did. But uh, we will get there. Obviously, detailing uh, well, that's, uh, that's how, that's how he gets there and all that good stuff. But primitive life gave it away. Right. I'm sure everybody. Have, I'm sure all of you have heard of the Unabomber. If not, uh, you're going to learn about it today. Even if you've heard of the Unabomber. He might not have heard of uh, the in-depth do you think the story that we're about to cover here today. Kazinski was born on May twenty-second, nineteen forty-two, in Chicago, Illinois, to working-class parents, Wanda Teresa and Theodore Richard Kazinski. That's a hell of a name, Wanda Teresa. And Theodore Richard Kaczynski, a sausage maker. <laughs> oh, no. All right. The two were Polish-Americans. That makes sense. And were raised as Catholics, but later became atheists. Well, oh, they married on April 11, 1939. Good for them. Kaczynski's <clears throat> parents told his younger brother, David, that Ted had been a happy baby up until severe hives forced him to a hospital isolation with limited contact with others, after which he showed little emotions for months. Oh, no. Wanda recalled Ted recoiling from a picture of himself as an infant being held down by physicians examining his hives. Okay. Okay. She said uh, he slowly. He, she said he showed sympathy for animals who were in cages or otherwise helpless, which she speculated stemmed from experience in hospital isolation. All right. Well, at least he's not killing them and uh, doing all that stuff. Signs yeah. of a serial killer. Well, dang! So it's already.
1: Usually they have good child lives, you know, not like that, right? From first to fourth grade, ages six to nine, Kaczynski attended Sherman Elementary School in Chicago where administrators described him as healthy and well-adjusted. 1952, three years after David was born, the family moved to suburban Evergreen Park in Illinois. Ted transferred to Evergreen Park Central Junior High School after testing scored his IQ at 167. Whoa, he skipped the 6th grade. Yeah,
0: but uh, imagine so. He probably could skip the 7th and 8th, too. Right, go over on to the old high school.
1: Kaczynski later described this as a pivotal event. Previously, he had socialized with his peers and was even a leader, but after skipping ahead of them, he felt he did not fit in. With obviously, I mean, that happens a lot. And then they become, yeah, that's I don't, I don't really agree with the skipping ahead stuff. Man, just let him dominate his classes until he gets there, right? Yeah, he didn't feel good with the with the older children. They constantly made fun of him, bullied him, stuffed him in lockers, righties, wedgies.
0: Does this kid think he is smarter than us. So Taking his pocket protector and <laughs> hey. his inhaler, hit it all the time. His glasses. Right. Neighbors in Evergreen Park later described the Kaczynski family as civic-minded folks. Yeah. One recalling the parents sacrificed everything they had for their children. Well, okay. Both Ted and David were intelligent, but Ted exceptionally so. Well, poor David. Right. Neighbors described him as a smart but lonely individual. His mother recalled Ted as a shy child who would become unresponsive if pressured into a social situation. Okay. At one point, she was so worried about his social development that she considered him considered entering him in a study for autistic children led by Bruno Bethelheim. All you had to do is put him back in the regular grade he was supposed to be in. Simple, easily, easy fix. Well, he's not autistic, so why would she even do that? Because he was turning into. Maybe she thought he was right. uh, Decided against it after seeing Bethelheim's abrupt and cold manner. Right. Yeah, they didn't treat autistic kids
1: very well back then. There wasn't a lot, obviously. Not like nowadays. Even, it's like, what, one every 10,000 or something? No. Autism? Autism? Uh, yeah, right. It's like
0: one in 100. One in 100,000 or one uh, in 100? 100. 100. Oh, shit. Cause let's get 10 well, in, I got I to fact check myself <laughs> there. Right. One in 54 American children is autistic. One in, uh, uh, there's around 5.4 million in uh, the U.S. that are autistic. One in 54 American children is autistic. That's ridiculous. Wow. That's never been the case. So that's down, because I remember hearing commercials a couple years ago. It was like one in a hundred or something. That's ridiculous. Hmm. Wow. Or hmm. it's up, I should say. Not down, but...
1: Kaczynski attended Evergreen Park Community High School, where he excelled academically. He played the trombone in the marching band and was a member of the Mathematics, Biology, Coin, and German Clubs. Hey, a coin club? Hey, man, there's a lot of coin clubs.
0: And the German club, even though he's Polish.
1: I all right 1996, a former classmate said... He was never really seen as a person, <laughs> as an individual personality. He was always regarded
0: as a walking brain, so to speak. Oh, you know everybody that had problems with something. Uh, go to Ted. Ted right. knows the answer. But uh, he probably got bullied by the stupid kids to do his homework. Do his homework and
1: all that, yeah. During this period, Kaczynski became intensely interested in mathematics, spending
0: hours studying and solving advanced problems. Jeez, you gotta be, uh, mm. your brain's gotta be wired different to be interested in mathematics, first of all. Mm. <laughs> he became associated with a group of like minded boys interested in science and mathematics, known as the Briefcase Boys, for their nice. penchant for carrying briefcases. Oh, highly sophisticated and stuff. Nice. Throughout high school, Kaczynski was ahead of his classmates academically. He I mean, <laughs>
1: okay, briefcase Boys?
0: Throughout high school, yeah, he was ahead of his classmates academically, that makes sense. Obviously. Placing a more advanced mathematics class, he soon mastered the material. Mm. He skipped the eleventh grade and by attending summer school he graduated at age fifteen.
1: Oh Wouldn't
0: you love that? <laughs> Kaczyns- well, Dang. no, because now he's about to go on to college and stuff. Yeah. Kaczynski was one of the school's five national merit finalists and was encouraged to apply to Harvard. Oh, of course. He entered Harvard on a scholarship oh, oh, in wow. 1958 at age 16. Nice. A classmate later said Kaczynski was emotionally unprepared. Of they course pa- he was. They packed him up and sent him to Harvard before he was ready. He didn't even have a driver's license. Right. I mean, you can't just send guys to college at 16 years and old. And you imagine the type of people that are going to Harvard. Exactly. Mm-hmm. His rich, first- right. Richie Riches. being And uh, from the looks yeah. of it, a sausage maker's boy is not going to be uh, no. super rich, okay. so. No. During his first year at
1: Harvard, Kaczynski lived at 8 Prescott Street, which was designed to accommodate the youngest and most precocious incoming students in a small, intimate living space. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, right? For the following three years, he lived at Elliott House. Which
0: uh, uh- apparently is a famous, uh, like, frat house or mm-hmm. House? I wouldn't say frat house, but.
1: Housemates and other students at Harvard describe Kaczynski as a very intelligent but socially reserved person. Yeah. So if that theme will continue, it looks like. Kaczynski earned his Bachelor's of Arts degree in mathematics from Harvard, 1962,
0: finishing with a GPA of 3.12. That's pretty low for Harvard. He was 20 years old when he got his Bachelor's degree. Wow. Crazy. Right. In his second year at Harvard, Kaczynski participated in a study described by author Elston Chase as a purposely brutalizing psychological experiment led by Harvard psychologist Henry Henry Murray. Subjects were told they would debate personal philosophy with a student, a fellow student, and were asked to write essays detailing their personal beliefs and aspirations. The essays were given to an anonymous individual who would confront and belittle the subject in what Murray called vehement, sweeping, and personally abusive attacks using the content of the essays as ammunition. How would you say this? You suck! (laughs) Pretty much, right? Right. Right. Wow.
1: Electrodes monitored the subject's psychological reactions. These encounters were filmed and subjects' expressions of anger and rage were later played back to them repeatedly. Jeez. The experiment lasted three years. With someone verbally abusing and humiliating Kaczynski each (laughs) for
0: For three years? Oh my. I mean, after the couple like Right, you have to be... A few months, you'd probably be used to it, but like, all right, whatever. All right, all right, I mean, how many times are you going to say the same thing over right. and over? Kaczynski spent 200
1: hours as part of the study. Mm. Kaczynski's lawyers later attributed his hostility towards mind control techniques to his participation in Murray's study. Uh, it kind of is like mind control. I mean, they're, yeah, repeatedly beating down the same thing, yeah, I mean, that's... that's... So, is this guy responsible for... Uh, Oh, Teddy's. Uh...
0: Well, here we go. Here's some uh, conspiracies. Here, some sources have suggested that Murray's experience was part of Project MK Ultra, oh. the, uh, the CIA's research into mind control. They also suggested that this experience may have motivated Kaczyns- Kaczynski's criminal activities Kaczynski stated that he resented Murray and his co-workers primarily because of the invasion of his privacy he perceived as a result of their experiments oh, no shit nevertheless he said he was quite confident that his experiences with Professor Murray had no significant effect on the course of his life mm,
1: can you really say that
0: well he's confident I guess so well you went to be assist- assistant
1: professor at UC Berkeley Nice. apparently 1962 Kaczynski enrolled at the University of Michigan where he earned his master's and doctoral degrees in mathematics in 1964 and 1967, respectively. Wow. Michigan was not his first choice for postgraduate education. He had applied to, uh, University of California in Berkeley and the yeah. University of Chicago, both of which accepted but offered him no teaching position or financial aid. Wow. So Michigan offered him an annual grant of $2,000, $2,310, equivalent to almost 20 today. And a teaching
0: post. Well, good for him. So he gets to go to school and learn more while teaching. While teaching, wow. right? Nice at Michigan, Kaczynski specialized in complex analysis, specifically geog- geometric function theory. Professor Peter Duran set of, uh, of Kazinski. Professor Peter Duran set of Kazinski. He was an unusual person. He was not like the other graduate students. He was much more focused about his work. He had a drive to discover mathematical truth. Hmm. George Peranian, another of his Michigan mathematics professors, said it is not enough to say he was smart. Right. Professor Alan Shields wrote about Kaczynski in a grade evaluation that he was the best man I have seen Hmm. since he received one F, five B's and 12 A's in his 18 courses at the university. What was the F? Right. In 2006, he said he had unpleasant memories of Michigan and felt the university had low standards for grading as evidenced by his relatively high grades.
1: So you're saying he shouldn't have got those higher
0: grades? How How is that relatively high? Well, he had one F, five B's, and 12 A's. If you're smart, you should get 12 A's. You should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kaczynski.
1: All right. For a period of several weeks in 1966, Kaczynski experienced intense sexual fantasies of being a female. Oh, here we go. <laughs> he decided to undergo gender transition. Oh, my goodness. He arranged to meet with a psychiatrist, but changed his mind in the waiting room. Did not disclose his reason for making the appointment. Afterwards, enraged, he considered killing the psychiatrist and other people whom he'd hated. Jeez. Oh, no. Now we don't know what he wants. He wants right. to be a woman. Now he wants to be a serial killer. <laughs> right. Jeez. Just don't be president next. Come on. Kaczynski described this episode as a major turning point in his life. I assume. He said, I felt disgusted about what my uncontrolled sexual cravings had almost let me to do. And I felt humiliated. And I violently hated psychiatrists." psychiatrist. Just then, There came a major turning point in my life. Okay, yeah. Like a phoenix. Oh, no. I burst from the ashes of my despair to a glorious new hope. A glorious
0: new hope, yeah, which Mm. is, we'll see. In 1967, Kaczynski's dissertation, Boundary Functions, won the Sumner B. Myers Prize for Michigan's best Mathematics Dissertation of the Year. Alan Shields, his doctoral advisor, called it the best I have ever directed. Dang. And Maxwell Reed, a member of the dissertation dissertation committee said i would guess that maybe 10 or 12 men in the country understood or appreciated it <laughs> it's crazy that's how complex right. and crazy it was Peterson. Yeah, right and well if he was well, he was alive then but um in late 1967 the 25 year old kaczynski became an acting assistant professor at the university of california berkeley where he taught mathematics i would assume right that's what he's going to teach <laughs> what we taught uh health <laughs> biology biology well, i guess he maybe yeah, could biology. be math and biology
1: but not he was in a bio, biology, uh, what they call them, group,
0: club, club. biology club in high schools, Ooh. wasn't he? Was it biology? I think so. Uh, yeah, fine. Yeah, mathematics, biology, coin, and German clubs. Maybe he taught coin club or a coin uh, something, right? <laughs> September
1: 1968, Kaczynski was appointed assistant professor. They signed that he was on the track for tenure. Cool, getting tenure means right. he, he can do and say whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. His teaching evaluation suggests. He was not well-liked by his students. Uh, He seemed uncomfortable teaching, taught straight from the test book, and refused to answer questions. Well, that's not a good professor. No, you can't do that. Without any explanation, Kaczynski resigned 30th of June in 1969. The chairman of the mathematics department, J.W. Addison, called it a sudden and
0: unexpected resignation. (laughs) I bet it was. After resigning from Berkeley, Kaczynski moved to his parents' home in Lombard, Illinois. Dang, he just left California altogether. Illinois. Two years later in 71, he moved to a remote cabin he had built outside Lincoln, Montana. Where Dang,
1: he, he's going all over the place. <laughs>
0: where he could live a simple life with little money and without electricity or running water. Nice. Working odd jobs and receiving significant financial support from his family. Okay, All that time he was uh, collecting salary for being a professor. He right. didn't save any money. So he not no money.
1: Kaczynski's original goal was to become self-sufficient so he can live autonomously. He used an old bicycle to get to town. That's good. And a volunteer at the local library said he visited frequently to read classic works in their original languages. Jeez. Other Lincoln residents said later... That such a lifestyle was not unusual in this area. Probably. I mean, probably I mean, it's Montana. Recluse, remoteness. Yeah. Kaczynski's cabin was described by a census taker in the 1990 census as containing a bed,
0: two chairs, storage trunks, a gas stove, and lots of books. Dude, it was a single-room little right. shed, That's pretty much. Uh, started in 1975, Kaczynski performed acts of sabotage, including arson and booby-trapping against developments near to his cabin. Oh, He's doing some Dutton stuff, He's
1: <laughs> doing some Dutton stuff
0: up there, All right? And it is Montana as well. He also dedicated himself to reading about sociology and political philosophy, including the works of Jacques Ellul. It's Kaczynski's brother, David, later stated that Ellul's book, The Techn- Technological Society, became Ted's Bible. Oh. Kazinsky recounted in 1998, when I read the book for the first time, I was delighted because I thought... Here is someone who's saying what I've already been thinking. Hey, oh. I mean, when you get something like that. It's yeah, always in, Yeah, it's always you're going to fall in love with that. Whatever you Yeah. Somebody the, thinking like
1: you. Right. In an interview after his arrest, he recalled being shocked on a hike to one of his favorite wild spots. It's kind of a rolling country, not flat. And when you get to the edge of it, you find these ravines that cut very deeply into the cliff-like drop-offs. And there was even a waterfall there. It was about a two-day's hike from my cabin. That was the best spot until the summer of 1983, that summer, there were too many people around my cabin, so I decided I needed some peace. I went back to the plateau, and when I got there, I found that they had put a road right through the middle of it. Uh... You just can't imagine how upset I was. It was from that point on, I decided that, rather than trying to acquire further wilderness skills, I would work on getting back at the system. Revenge. Dang.
0: Uh-oh. Hey, man, don't put a road through a man's wilderness. All right.
1: Come on.
0: Well, Kaczynski was visited multiple times in Montana by his father, who was impressed by Ted's wilderness skills. Kaczynski's father was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer in 1990 mm. and held a family meeting without Kaczynski later that year to map out their future. Okay. In October 1990, his father committed suicide. Dang. I mean, he was going to die, right? Right. We but still, down. you don't kill yourself. Right. Jeez. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> man. Between
0: 1978
1: and 1995, Kaczynski's mailed or hand delivered a series of increasingly sophisticated bombs that killed three people and injured 23 others. Uh-huh. 16 bombs were attributed to Kaczynski. Dang, where was the other ones contributed to? While the bombing devices varied widely through the years, many contained the initials FC, which Kaczynski later said it stood for Freedom Club. He's a Freedom Club. Right. While the bombing devices varied widely through the years, many contained the initials FC. Well, Kaczynski's later said at it for Freedom Club, uh, which he inscribed on the parts inside. He purposely left misleading clues in the devices and took extreme care in preparing them to avoid leaving fingerprints. Good, ma'am. Fingerprints found on some of the devices did not match those found on the letters attributed to Kaczynski.
0: Jeez, why? Hmm. Uh, Kaczynski's first mail bomb was directed at Buckley Christ, or Christ, Christ, a professor at materials engineering at Northwestern University. Dang university on may 25th 1978 a package baron christ chris? chris chris chris's yeah. return address was found in a parking lot at the university of illinois at chicago oh the package was returned to christ who was suspicious because he had not sent it so he contacted campus police officer terry marker opened the package was exploded and caused minor injuries Dang. must not be very powerful bombs Obviously, right.
1: kaczynski had returned to chicago for the may 1978 bombing stayed there for a time to work with his father and brother at a foam rubber factory August 1978, his brother fired him for writing insulting limericks about a female uh, supervisor.
0: Ted had courted briefly. He was, was <laughs> not, uh, He's like, this, this this chick don't want me, so guess what? I'm going to embarrass her. All right. Where did he write
1: it? Like on the bathroom stall or something? The supervisor later recalled Kaczynski as intelligent and quiet, but remembered little of their acquaintanceship and firmly denied they had any romantic relationship. No, because was just fantasizing. I don't think they,
0: nobody said they had a romantic uh, relationship. He He courted courted her. So he he wanted to, he was trying to flirt with her and get her on a date. Right.
1: Kaczynski's second bomb was sent nearly one year after the first one, again, to Northwestern University. The bomb, concealed inside a cigar box and left on a table, caused minor injuries to graduate student John Harris when he opened it.
0: Mm, Shouldn't be so nosy, John Harris.
1: (laughs) Minor injuries. Does
0: that mean Mm. a little burn on his hand or something? Probably cut something. Mm -hmm. In 1979, a bomb was placed in the cargo hold of American Airlines Flight 444, a Boeing 727 flying from Chicago to Washington, D.C. A faulty timing mechanism prevented the bomb from exploding, but it released smoke, Uh-oh. which caused the pilots to carry out an emergency landing. Nice. Dang, he was trying. To, he was about to blow up a plane. Dang. Dude. Authorities said it had enough power to obliterate the plane had it exploded. Whoa. Kaczynski man. sent his next bomb to Percy Wood, who was the president of United Airlines. Oh, jeez. That's why. He, that's why they call him uh, the Unabomber. By the way, we'll get into that. I'll spoil it for you, as he bombed universities and airlines. Uh... The code name was the Unabomb right. uh, for FBI. So the public servant called him the Unabomber.
1: Kaczynski felt <laughs> off.
0: Kaczynski's left false.
1: Kaczynski left false clues in most bombs, which he intentionally made hard to find to make them appear more legitimate. Mm-hmm. Clues include metal plates stamped with initials FC, hidden somewhere usually in the pipe and cap. Pipe and cap? The pipe and cap. Uh, a note left in a bomb that did not detonate reading... Woo, it
0: works, but it didn't. <laughs> I told you it would. RV. Oh, so he's acting like he had a note to somebody named Woo. Maybe. No, that's exactly what it is. Woo. It's supposed to be a Woo, yeah. it works. I told woo, you it would. It RV. I told you it would. RV.
1: And the Eugene O'Neill $1 stamps often used to send his boxes. He sent one bomb embedded in a, don't you, can they think they can uh, track those stamps? I don't think so. I Do doubt it. Right. Do stamps have serial numbers? I don't know. He sent one bomb. He sent one bomb embedded in a copy of Sloan Wilson's novel Ice Brothers. Good Bram. The FBI <laughs> theorized that Kaczynski's crimes involved a theme of nature, trees, and wood. He often included bits of a tree branch and bark in his bombs. His selected targets included Percy Wood and Professor Leroy Wood. Crime writer Robert Gray Smith noted his obsession with wood was a (laughs) large factor in the (laughs) bombings. It was a
0: large uh, uh, wood obsession. In 1981, a package that had been discovered in a hallway at the University of Utah was brought to the campus police and was defused by a bomb squad. In May of the following year, a bomb was sent to Patrick Patrick C. Fisher, a professor teaching at Vanderbilt. Fisher was on vacation in Puerto Rico at the time and his secretary, Janet Smith, opened the bomb and received injuries to the face and arms. First of all, secretary, why are you opening other people's mail? Right. Get what you deserve, man. Kuzinski, <laughs> Curiosity right. killed the secretary, <laughs> yeah, right? Kaczynski's oh, sorry, next. Sorry for the uh, yeah. forced comedy, there, guy. Forced. Mm.
1: Kaczynski's next two bombs targeted people at the University of California, Berkeley.
0: Hey, it's about time. I mean, right. the people that he really has a gripe. I don't even know if he has a gripe against right. Berkeley. They gave him everything he wanted, right?
1: Maybe the kids made fun of him or something. Mm, maybe. maybe the first in July of 1982 caused serious injuries to engineering professor Diogenes Diogenes Angelakos. That's a Greek. Diogenes Angelakos. I don't know how to say that name, guys. D-I-O-G-E-N-E-S, first name, A-N-G-E-L-A-K-O-S, last name. Nearly three years later, May 1985, John Hauser, I can say that one, a graduate student and captain in the United States Air Force, Oh no, lost four fingers and vision one eye.
0: Oh, jeez.
1: Kaczynski handcrafted a bomb from wooden parts. A bomb sent to the Boeing Company in Auburn, Washington, was diffused by a bomb squad the following month. November 1985, Professor James McConnell and research assistant Nicholas Suano, Sueno were both severely injured after Sueno opened a mail bomb addressed to McConnell.
0: Why are these people made, right. uh, opening other people's mail, dude?
1: Hey, would you get that mail on over now up for me? Right, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess, no maybe.
0: No problem. In late nineteen eighty five, a nail and splinter loaded oh geez. Oh, no. A splinter loaded bomb placed in the parking lot of his store in Sacramento, California, killed thirty eight-year-old computer store owner Hugh Scrutton. Killed. First uh first casualty here. A similar attack against a computer store took place in Salt Lake City on February twentieth, nineteen eighty seven. The bomb disguised as a piece of lumber. Injured Gary Wright when he attempted to remove it from the store's parking lot. Jeez. Oh, that is a good thing. Put it like a piece of lumber down there and uh, nobody knows there's a bomb inside of it. Right. Jeez. The explosion uh, severed nerves in Wright's left arm and propelled over 200 pieces of shrapnel into his body. Jeez. Oh, Jeez, dude. He's getting more a little sophisticated with his, um, with his bombs here, huh? Right,
1: man. Kaczynski was spotted while planning the site. Yeah. Kaczynski was spotted while planning the Salt Lake City bomb. This led to a widely distributed sketch of the suspect as a hooded man with a mustache and aviator sunglasses. Oh,
0: no. Is it D.B. Cooper? No, no. 19, oh,
1: 1993, after a six-year break, Kaczynski mailed the bomb. How do you just
0: do that? Right. You do this for nothing and then take a six-year break and decide, <laughs> I think I'll make a bomb again. Right.
1: Or do you have to do a lot of research on this Maybe, yeah. Kaczynski mailed a bomb to the home of Charles Epstein from the University of California, San Francisco. Epstein lost several fingers upon opening the package. Mm. In the same weekend, Kaczynski mailed a bomb to David Gallanter, a computer science professor at Yale. Gallanter lost sight in one eye, hearing in one ear, and a portion of his
0: right hand. Oh, jeez, dude. In 1994, Burson Marsteller executive Thomas Mosser was killed after opening a bomb sent to his home in New Jersey. Oh, in a letter to the New York Times, Kaczynski wrote that he had sent the bomb because of Mosser's work repairing the public image of Exxon after the Exxon Valdez oil spill. This was followed by the 1995 murder of Gilbert Brent Murray, president of the Timber Industry Lobbying Group, California Forestry Association, by a mail bomb addressed to two, addressed to previous president William Dennison, who had retired. Oh, so it wasn't even meant no, for him. No, no. Uh, geneticist philip sharp at the massachusetts institute of technology mit received a threatening letter shortly afterwards okay and all he sent a bunch of bombs a lot his first bomb being may 25th 1978 to northwest university uh may 9 1979 november 15 1979 on the american airlines flight um june 10th 1980 October 8th, 1981, University of Utah, Vanderbilt University got one. May 5th, 1982, July 2nd, 1982, the University of California, Berkeley got one. May 15th, 1985, um, sent to John Hauser. He lost some fingers. Um, The Bowen Company in Auburn got sent one. And June 13th, 1985, November 15th, 1985, University of Michigan got one. Um, And then another one was Nicholas... Suino, the one that uh, had burns and shrapnel wounds. December 11, 1985, in Sacramento, Hugh Scruton dies from a bomb sent. Salt Lake City, oh, the computer store owner owner guy, uh, he got one on February 20th, 1987. June 22nd, 1993, um, Charles Epstein got sent one. June 24th, 1993, Yale University sent to David Jalenter, And then December 10th, 1994, and New Jersey sent to Thomas Mosser. He dies from that. And then April twenty fourth, nineteen ninety five, Gilbert Gilbert Brent Murray. Dies from the bomb as well, and that was the last bomb sent, as far as we know. All right. Several letters to media outlets outlining his goals and demanding a major newspaper print his thirty five thousand word essay called "Industrial Society and Its Future," which was dubbed the Unabomber Manifesto by the FBI. Yes, yeah, they always gotta have a nickname. He wanted it published verbatim as well. Don't change nothing. Nothing. He stated that he would desist from terrorism. If his demand was meant there was controversy as to whether the essay should be published, publish it. Who gives a shit? But Attorney General Janet Reno and the FBI director. uh, Hey, a new director. At least it's not uh, Jay Edgar. Right. Louis Free. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Recommended his publication out of concern for public safety and in the hope that the reader could identify the author. Bob Guccione. Guccione. A penthouse volunteered to publish. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, you guys want to look at, look at all these naked women? Why don't we publish a uh, yeah. th- thirty five thousand uh, manifesto right. by a mad bomber in between? No, it worry. All. Nobody read it,
1: right. right? Kaczynski replied, "Penthouse was less respectable <laughs> yeah. than the New York Times and the Washington Post."
0: Well, I think uh, I think
1: <laughs> nowadays Penthouse
0: is probably more respectable. Is Penthouse
1: even still around? I don't know. And said that to increase our chances of getting our stuff published in some respectable periodical, he would reserve the right to plant one and only one bomb intended to kill after our manuscript has been published. Well, the Washington Post was like, you know what? We're going to do it. They published the essay on 19th September, 1995. Uh, good for
0: them. Kaczynski used a typewriter to write his manuscript, capitalizing entire words for emphasis in lieu of italics. Uh. He always referred to himself as either we or F.C for Freedom Club, though there is no evidence that he worked with others. Donald Wayne Foster analyzed the writing at the request of Kaczynski's defense team in 96 and noted that it contained irregular spelling and hyphenation, along with other linguistic idiosyncrasies. Mm. This led him to conclude that Kaczynski Kaczynski was its author. Okay. Uh, There's no evidence that he worked with others. Industrial society and its future begins with Kaczynski's uh, assertion. Sorry. The Industrial (laughs) Revolution and its consequences have been a disaster for the human race. He writes that technology has been has had a destabilizing effect on society. Has has made life unfulf- unfulfilling and has caused widespread psychological suffering. Mm. True, true, and true. That's yeah, even truer now. Kaczynski uh, Kaczynski argues that most people spend their time enraged and useless, engaged in useless pursuits because of technological advances. Okay, he calls these surrogate activities. Right, that's good. A video game, wherein people strive towards artificial goals, including scientific work, consumption of entertainment, political activism, and following sports teams. Oh no, yeah. fine you're not allowed to follow sports teams, huh? I mean, that is More than once, actually.
1: Do I have to say?
0: Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: I never win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void rep prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, I guess if you're thinking like this guy's following the meaningless sports team is taking away from right. other stuff he could be doing. Well...
1: Teddy would predict that further technological advances will lead to extensive human genetic engineering. Oh, wow. and that human beings will be adjusted to meet the needs of the social systems rather than vice versa. That's, That's exactly what's happened. Kaczynski states that technological progress can be stopped in contrast to the viewpoint of people who says, uh, you understand what the fuck? Come on. <laughs> in contrast to the viewpoint of people who he says, understand technology's negative effects, yet passively accept it as inevitable. Of course, it's money, money, money. Mm-hmm. He calls for a return to primitive lifestyles. I just go back to being uh, the caveman Living style. on the damn land. Right, make a hammer with rock and a, a, a stick. Kozinski's critiques of civilization bear some similarities to anarcho-primitivism. But he rejected and criticized anarcho-primitivism. He didn't like their views. He did he not like
0: the views. He argues that the erosion of human freedom is natural product of an industrial society because the system has to regulate human behavior closely in order to function. Okay, And that reform of the system is possible as drastic changes to it would not be implemented because of their disruption of the system. Okay, He states that the system has not fully achieved control over all human behavior and is in the midst of a struggle to gain that control. They are. Fast forward... um, what was this ninety yeah. five? Fast forward twenty years, twenty five years, and huh. it's control of the system. Crazy. Kaczynski predicts that the system will break down if it cannot achieve significant control, and that is likely the issue will be cited within the next forty to one hundred years. Ooh, we're getting there. He states that the task of those who oppose industrial society is to promote stress within and upon the so- uh, and upon the society, and to propagate anti techno technology ideology. Right. One of that one that offers the counter ideal of nature. Kaczynski goes on to say that a revolution will be only possible when industrial society is sufficiently unstable. Here's where the canceling comes. Oh, no.
1: A significant portion of the document is dedicated to discussing left-wing politics. Kaczynski attributing many of society's issues to leftists. He defines leftists as mainly socialists, collectivists, politically correct types, feminists, gay, disability activists, animal rights activists, and of such that likes. True.
0: (laughs) Pretty accurate description (laughs) of the leftist. leftist, He believes that
1: over-socialization and feelings of inferiority primarily drive leftism. Inferiority? Yeah. And derides it as one of the most widespread manifestations of the craziness of
0: our world. Dude, how is this guy so right in 1995? Kaczynski adds... That's now we're going to hear it. Oh, these guys are Unabomber sympathizers.
1: Just agreeing with his description of, of the, the leftist leftists was. are. Right. Kaczynski adds that the type of movement he envisions must be anti-leftists and refrain from collaboration with leftists, as in his view, leftism is the long run inconsistent with wild nature, with human freedom, and with the elimination of modern technology. I mean, you really can't just discredit them all together.
0: I mean, you got to work them. Who is the who? uh, Silicon Valley, where all this technology is uh, uh, coming from? YouTube, Twitter, all that shit. Who are those people? Yeah, lefties. Yeah, yeah. they're the ones that are making these big technological shit. That's true. So he didn't even know this. Then nothing like this is even happening. That's happening now, and he's already saying
1: that. Sure, was Bill Gates is already (laughs) dominating shit. He also criticizes. Oh, that's you. He also criticizes conservatives, describing them as fools who whine about the decay of traditional values, yet enthusiastically support technological process and economic growth. These things, he argues, have led to this decay. He's not wrong there, either.
0: Wow. James spot on of the old rhinos. Sure (laughs) was. (laughs) James Q. Wilson, a 1998 New York Times op-ed, wrote... If it is the work of a madman, then the writings of many political philosophers, Jean-Jacques Rousseau, Tom Paine, Karl Marx, are scarcely more sane. The Unabomber does not like socialization, technology, leftist political causes, or conservative attitudes. Nope. Apart from his call for an unspecified revolution, his paper resembles something that a very good graduate student might have written. Oh, so now he's calling him a very good graduate student. Right. Well, that's... He's, he's trashing his intelligence, pretty mm-hmm. much. A fellow alumnus of Harvard in 2000 for The Atlantic wrote that it is true that many believe Kaczynski was insane because they needed to believe it. They needed to believe it right. they thought he was insane. But the truly disturbing aspect of Kaczynski and his ideas is not that they are so foreign, but they are so familiar. Ah, that's what it is. You get called crazy because you're speaking the truth that everybody else is thinking. Right? He argued that we need to see Kaczynski, Kaczynski as exceptional, Madman or genius, because the alternative is so much more frightening. University
1: of Michigan-Dearborn philosophy professor
0: David Skrbina
1: helped to compile Kaczynski's work into the 2010 anthology Technological Slavery, including the original manifesto, Letters Between Skrbina and Kaczynski, and other essays. Kaczynski updated his 1995 manifesto as Anti-Tech Revolution, Why and How, to address advances in computers and the Internet. He advocates practicing other types of protest and make no mention of violence. According to a 2021 study, Kaczynski's manifesto is a synthesis of ideas from a from three well-known academics: French philosopher Jacques Ellul, British zoologist Desmond Morris, and American psychologist Martin Seligman. Okay, so
0: he's listening to those guys and forming his opinion off of that, right? right? Well, because of the material used to make the mail bombs, U.S. Postal Inspectors, who initially had responsibility for the case, mm. labeled the suspect junkyard bomber. It was made of scrap parts and stuff. Right. The old junkyard bomber. Well, FBI Inspector Terry D. Turchie was appointed to run the UNIBOM, which university stands for University and Airline Bomber Investigation. Mm. In 1979, an FBI-led task force that included 125 agents from the FBI, the uh, ATF, and the U.S. Postal Inspection Service was formed. Um, the task grew to more than 150 full-time personnel, but, ma- but, but minute analysis of recovered components of the bombs and the investigation into the lives of the victims proved of little use in ident- identifying the suspect, who right. built the bombs primarily from scrap materials available almost anywhere. Investigators later learned that the victims were chosen indiscriminately from library research. 1980, Chief Agent John Douglas, working with agents in
1: the FBI's Behavioral Science Unit, issued a psychological profile of the unidentified bomber. It described the offender as a man with above-average intelligence and connections to ac- academia. How are these guys so good? Right. <laughs> this profile was later refined to characterize the offender as a neo-ludite, holding an academic degree in the hard sciences, but this psychologically-based profile was discarded in 1983. FBI analysts developed an alternative theory that concentrated on the physical evidence in the recovered bomb fragments.
0: Well, in this rival profile, the suspect was characterized as a blue-collar airplane mechanic. Mm-hmm. Wrong. The Unabomb task force set up a toll-free telephone hotline to take calls related to the investigation with a million-dollar reward for anyone who could buy information leading up to his capture. A million dollars? Well, I'm actually putting up some money there. Right. Before the publication of his manifesto, which we'll get to, Kaczynski's brother David was encouraged by his wife to follow up on suspicions that Ted was the Unabomber. Dang, so he even knew before he had some, uh, handsome feelings there. Right. He uh, David was dismissive at first but he took the likelihood more seriously after reading the manifesto a week after it was published in September of 95. <laughs> yeah. He searched through old family papers and found letters dating to the 70s that Ted had sent to newspapers to protest oh, so he's already sending right. newspapers before then oh, to protest the abuses of technology using phrasing similar to that in the manifesto. Okay. How the hell has the FBI not found this out? Right.
1: Hmm. Before the manifesto's publication the FBI held many press conferences asking the public to help identify the Unabomber. They were convinced that the bomber was from the Chicago area, where he began his bombings, had worked in or had some connection to Salt Lake City, and by the 1990s had been in association with the San Francisco, San Francisco Bay Area. This geographical information and in the wording and ex- excerpts from the manifesto that were released before the entire text of the manifesto was published persuaded David's wife to urge him to read it. Hmm.
0: After the manifesto was published, the FBI received thousands of leads in response to its offer of a reward for information leading to the identification of the Unabomber. While the FBI reviewed new leads, Kaczynski's brother David hired private investigator Susan Swanson in Chicago to investigate Ted's activities discreetly. Huh. David later hired uh, Washington, D.C. attorney Tony Biskedley Biscale- to organize the evidence acquired by Swanson and contact the FBI, given the presumed difficulty of tracking the FBI's attention. Huh. Kaczynski's family
1: wanted to protect him from the danger of an FBI raid, such as, such as those at Ruby Ridge or Waco. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You all know what happened there, which is also conspiracy-theoried uh, FBI-ran stuff there. But that's a different show. Since they feared a violent outcome from any attempt by the FBI to contact Kaczynski. Early 1996, an investigator working with Visegli contacted former FBI hostage negotiator and criminal profiler Clinton R. Van Zandt. Bisagli asked him to compare the manifesto to typewritten copies of handwritten letters David had received from his brother. Van Zandt's initial analyst determined that there was better than a 60% chance that the same person had written the manifesto, which had been in public circulation for half a year now. Mm. Van Zandt's second analytical team determined a higher likelihood. He recommended Bissegli's Bisagli- client Contact the FBI immediately. Mm. So you guys got to guys. Guys get a hold of these guys quick.
0: In February 1996, he gave the copy of the 1971 essay written by Ted Kaczynski to Molly Flynn at the FBI. She forwarded the essay to San Francisco-based task force. FBI profiler James R. Fitzgerald recognized similarities in the writings using linguistic analysis and determined that the author of the essays and the manifesto was almost certainly the same person. Ooh. Combined with facts gleaned from the bombings and Kaczynski's life, The analysis provided the basis for an affidavit signed by Terry Turchie, the head of the entire investigation, in support of the application for a search warrant. Got to get that search warrant.
1: David Kaczynski had tried to remain anonymous, but he was soon identified. Within a few days, an FBI agent team was dispatched to interview David and his wife with their attorney in Washington, D.C. At this and subsequent meetings, David provided letters written by his brother in their original envelopes. Allowing the FBI task force to use the postmark dates to add more detail to their timeline of Ted's oh, activities.
0: Oh, what a shitty brother. All
1: right, Dave had developed a respectful relationship with behavioral analyst, special agent Kathleen M. Puckett. He's married. Who he met many times in Washington, D.C., Texas. This respectful
0: relationship. Mm. What do you think they're meaning? Mm. He
1: respectfully banged her brains out? Right. Uh, whom he met many times in Washington, Texas, Chicago shenectady new york
0: shenectady <laughs> shenectady shenectady
1: Schenectady, Schenectady, new york over the nearly two months before the federal search warrant was served on kaczynski's cabin yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> david had once admired and emulated his brother uh but had since left the survivalist lifestyle behind right he had received assurances from FBI that he would remain anonymous and that his brother would not learn who had turned him in. Oh but his identity was leaked to CBS of News in early April nineteen ninety six. These guys are idiots, yeah, dude. The FBI dumb. sucks. Yeah, CBS Anchorman Dan Rather called FBI director Lewis Free, who requested twenty four hours before CBS broke the broke the story on the evening news. Didn't even have to? To? At least he called him. It was like, you? hey man, we well, want you know, you should probably take care of this guy because right. <laughs> uh, he's about to be plastered right. everywhere. Right, it's good for them, I guess. Right. The FBI scrambled to finish the search warrant. And had oh, it. they didn't even have the search warrant yet. No. The CBS knew. Oh, they were gonna. Jeez. They were gonna call. They were gonna cover the news thing before they even had the warrant out mm-hmm. to go get them. That's why the news sucks, dude. Right.
1: Idiots. So the FBI scrambling to finish the search warrant and have it issued by the federal judge in Montana. Afterwards, FBI conducted an internal leak investigation, but the source of the leak was never
0: identified. Oh, they knew exactly that. who did it. Exactly, there was a guy actually doing the investigation. Right, <laughs> he was the lead right. of the internal leak right. investigation. Right. He like, Jeez. Ah, no, nothing here, <laughs> nothing. I <laughs> don't know who this
1: guy is. FBI officials were unanimous. We're not. we were unanimous. not unanimous in identifying Ted as the author of the manifesto. Huh. The search warrant noted that several experts believed the manifesto had been written by another individual. The ser- that was
0: even on the search warrant. Right. Well, this might be our guy, but we never know. FBI agents arrested an unkempt Kaczynski at his cabin on April 3rd, 1996. A search revealed a cache of bomb components, 40,000 handwritten journal pages that included bomb-making experiments, descriptions of the Unabomber crimes, and one live bomb ready for mailing. Oh, geez. They also found what appeared to be the original... Why would he keep it in his house, dude? I'd be like putting that about 200 feet away or something. <laughs> They also found what appeared to be the original type manuscript for industrial society and its future. Mm-hmm. By this point, the Unabomber had been the target of the most expensive investigation in FBI history at the time. He's oh, A 2000 report by the United States Commission of the Advancement of Federal Law Enforcement stated that the task force had spent over 50 million throughout the course of the investigation. 50 million? I mean, it's like a 30, 30 year investigation. All right.
1: After his capture, theories emerging naming Kaczynski as a Zodiac killer who murdered five people in Northern California from 1968 to 1969. I don't know about that. I know, I don't think so. Among the links that raised suspicion was that Kaczynski lived in San Francisco Bay Area from 1967 to 69, the same period that most of the Zodiac's confirmed killings occurred. Mm -hmm. That both individuals were highly intelligent with an interest in bombs and codes. And that both wrote letters to newspapers demanding the publication of their works with the threat of continued violence if the demand was not met.
0: Interesting. Wait, how
1: many times did uh, Kaczynski do this? With the letters.
0: Just the one time that his manifesto was published. Right, um, but he did write letters demanding um, change. Change, right? right so um, who knows? Yet Kaczynski's whereabouts cannot be verified for all of the killings. Since the gun and knife murders committed by the Zodiac killer differed from yeah. his bombings, obviously. Authorities did not presume as a suspect. Robert Graysmith, author of the 1986 book Zodiac, said the similarities are fascinating but purely coincidental. Right. I would say as well. He's not definitely not the type to no. butcher somebody to death. He'll blow him up from long distances away, but not right. butcher him. The early hunt for the Unabomber portrayed a perpetrator far different from the eventual suspect. Kaczynski continuous consistently uses we and our throughout uh, his manifesto. At one point, ninety-three investigators saw an individual whose first name was Nathan. Because the name was imprinted on the envelope of the letter sent to the media. Hmm. Purposely, obviously. Right. When authorities presented the case to the public, they denied that there was ever anyone other than Kisinski involved in the crimes. Sure. First of all, these, the, the FBI went through every database oh, with the name Nathan. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, dude, if you were Nathan and you were born in, uh, like an adult, or at least in 1993, uh, you got everything about your life looked at.
1: Right. Especially if you're in San Francisco Bay in that area, area, right? <laughs> yeah, dude. Not any of you Nathan's out there? Uh, Gee, there's a Nathan right now listening to the show. Be like, "That was the worst time of my life."
0: <laughs> He's <laughs> like, "I was wondering what the hell was going on." Gee,
1: <laughs> a federal grand jury indicted Kaczynski in June 1996 on 10 counts of illegally transporting, mailing, and using bombs. Jeez. Kaczynski's lawyers, headed by Montana Federal Public Defenders Michael Donahue and Judy Clark, attempted to enter an insanity defense. To avoid the death penalty, but Kaczynski rejected this strategy. Eighth of January,
0: he's 19- like, "I'm not insane, dude. right?"
1: Eighth of January, 1998, he asked to dismiss his lawyers and hired Tony Sarah as his counsel. Sarah had agreed not to use an insanity defense and instead promised to base a defense on Kaczynski's anti-technology views. Instant loss.
0: Both right, just because, just I don't know, the insanity he might have got somewhere. Maybe. Um. The anti-technology views is not going to get you. So what? You don't like technology? That gives you an excuse to blow people up. And then the judge actually be like, you That's know the what?
1: Worst? You- That's the worst defense in history. Right. And the judge would be like, you know what? He may be insane.
0: <laughs> yeah. You should have done that one, guys. Right. He's like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to declare him insane right. because you guys are idiots. Jeez. Heather's request was unsuccessful. See, even the judge was trying to help him out. Kaczynski tried to kill himself on January 9th. Oh jeez! Oh wow! Sally Johnson, the psychiatrist who examined Kaczynski, concluded that he suffered from paranoid schizophrenia. Oh, it's a schizo, huh? Uh, forensic psychiatrist Park Dietz 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 said Kaczynski was not psychotic That's but a had deets. a schizoid Dietz Dietz. Oh, yeah, Dietz Dietz Dietz. Park Dietz 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 said Kaczynski was not psychotic but had a schizoid or a schizotypal personality disorder. Right. Uh, in his 2010 book, Technological Slavery, he's dude's writing book in prison. Right. Nice. Uh, Kaczynski said that two prison psychologists who visited him frequently for four years told him they saw no indication that he suffered from paranoid schizophrenia, and the diagnosis was ridiculous, and a political diagnosis, obviously. Don't uh, think like, he has nothing. He just literally was like, screw you guys, I'm going to blow you all up, because you took away my one calm spot that I hiked in the woods one day. Right. Maybe is psycho, I don't know.
1: Plus, stuff he was saying about the technology was right. true, and they didn't like people spewing that kind of truthness. January 21st, 1998, Kaczynski was declared competent to stand trial by federal prison psychiatrist Johnson. Good for him. Despite the psychiatric diagnosis, as he was fit to stand trial, prosecutors sought the death penalty, but Kaczynski avoided that by pleading... <laughs> Kaczynski? Sk- <laughs> Kaczynski avoided that by pleading guilty to all charges. On uh, the 22nd of January and accepting life imprisonment without the possibility of They're like, of parole.
0: yeah, dude, we can draw this out to trial and you'll probably get the death penalty, or you uh, can just take our terms of just admit it and we'll put you in life. Just
1: go spend the rest of your life in prison, bud. Right. He later tried to withdraw his plea, arguing it was involuntary. As he had been coerced to plead guilty by the judge. Yeah, the
0: judge probably went and talked to him and was like, dude, He's, dude this is what's going to happen.
1: Frankly, you have nothing here. Right. Man. You're going down. And if we take it, the jury, the jury's going to hang you. Mm-hmm. Judge Garland Ellis Jr. denied his request. And the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit upheld that decision.
0: No <laughs> way. So the judge said he claims... um. Coerced them. Said, "No, I didn't." He's <laughs> like, "I'm going to deny that."
1: That request for uh, a new, for a new uh, for
0: a plea. Trial? No, new no plea at but least. Continue, yeah. Continue trial. Mm, I don't think so. In 2006, Burl. Is it Burrell? I think it's Burrell. In 2006, Burrell ordered that the items from Kaczynski's cabin be sold at a reasonably advertised internet auction. Nice. Oh, yeah, oh, jeez, dude. Yeah, this- but yeah, but they're using an internet auction uh, when he clearly yeah. hated technology to sell his stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, talk about a slap in the face to him, right. huh? Right. Items considered to be bomb-making materials, such as diagrams and recipes for bombs, were excluded. Obviously, Obviously. the net proceeds. Or were they? Alright. The net proceeds went towards the 15 million in restitution Burrell had awarded Kaczynski's victims. Dang. Uh, Kaczynski's correspondence and other personal papers were also auctioned. Bur- who, who buys this? And you think anybody spent
1: nearly 15 million? I don't I think doubt so. doubt
0: it. Uh, Burrell ordered the removal before sale of references in those documents to Kaczynski's victims. He, uh, un- Kaczynski unsuccessfully challenged those redactions as a violation of his freedom of speech. The auction ran for two weeks in 2011 and raised over $232,000 though. yeah, uh, He could
1: argue freedom of speech if he's a free man, but once you're in prison for life, you have no rights. Kaczynski was serving eight life sentences without the possibility to parole at ADX Florence, a supermax prison in Florence, Colorado. Early in his imprisonment, Kaczynski befriended Ramsey Youssef. And Timothy McVeigh. Oh, here we go again. So Kaczynski befriended Ramsey, Yousef, and Timothy McVeigh, the perpetrators of the 1993 World Trade Center bombing. We all know those guys. And the 1995 Oklahoma City bombing.
0: Not together, though.
1: Right, respectively. Who did more damage? I think the Oklahoma City bombing was
0: Obviously, bad. the Oklahoma City bombing. Right.
1: Hey, Timothy McVeigh, dumbass. The trio discussed religion and politics and formed a friendship which lasted until McVeigh's execution in two thousand one. Hmm. Two thousand twelve, Kaczynski responded to the Harvard Alumni Association's Directory inquiry for the fifteenth reunion of the class of nineteen sixty two. Fiftieth. Yeah, fiftieth, fifteenth. like, dang, long fifteen years. He listed the occupation as prisoner and his eight life sentences as awards.
0: <laughs> uh, what awards did you have? Well, I got eight life sentences at the ADX Florence Supermax Prison yeah, in Florence, baby. Colorado. Look at me. Suck on it. Mm. <laughs> on December 14, 2021, 79-year-old Kaczynski was transferred from the Supermax Prison in Florence to the Federal Medical Center in Butner, North Carolina for health reasons. Prison staff have not disclosed a precise reason for this transfer. Right. The U.S. government seized Kaczynski's cabin, which they put on display at the museum in Washington, D.C. until late 2019 before it was transferred to a nearby FBI museum. These guys are like gloating about their
1: crime. That's retarded. You, <laughs> you spend all this money to take down people like this and you try to quiet, you quiet a silent you try to silence them. You don't want them nothing, to, but then you're going to put, after you capture them and all that shit, you're going to, put their little cabin in a museum and <laughs> articles about him and behind glass and his picture. And I mean, come on, that's glorifying the
0: guy. It's ridiculous. Uh, same thing as same um, thing we're doing now. <laughs> same, right. <laughs> Pretty much. Same thing as Bonnie and Clyde's uh, shot up, shot up car, vehicle right. And all that shit, dude. Jeez, in October, 2005, Kaczynski offered to donate two rare books to the Melville J. Herskovitz library of African studies at Northwestern university's campus in Evanston, Illinois, the location of his first two attacks.
1: Ah, well, the library rejected this offer on the grounds that it already had copies of the works. The Labati Collection. Labatee. Right. Part of the University of Michigan Special Collections Library houses Kaczynski's correspondence with over 400 people since his arrest, including replies, legal documents, publications, and clippings. His writings are among the most popular selections in University of Michigan Special Collections. Hmm. The identity of the, mo- of the most correspondence will remain sealed. In 2049.
0: Oh, so everybody has been writing with and uh, communicating with over his time in prison, we don't know until 2049 why. Uh, sealed documents. Why? Why do you think? Huh. Uh, Kaczynski Mm -hmm. has been portrayed in and inspired multiple artistic works in the realm of popular culture. These include the 1996 television film Unabomber, The True Story. I think I watched that. The 2011 play P.O. Box Unabomber. Didn't see that. Manhunt Unabomber. The 2017 season of television series Manhunt. Didn't watch it. And in 2021, the movie Ted K., the moniker... Ooh. That just came out. I was looking at. it. I was going to watch that the other day. Ted K. Yeah, I think I'm about to watch it. Now. Maybe the Moniker probably should have watched it before this. But right, the right, Moniker right. Unabomber was also applied to the Italian Unabomber, a terrorist who conducted similar attacks in Italy from 94 to 2006. Dang. Prior to the 96 United States presidential election, a campaign called Unabomber for President was launched with the goal of electing Kaczynski as president through write-in votes. Oh jeez. Wow. He was portrayed who he was portrayed by Char- Char-to? Char-to? He was portrayed by Charlotte O'Copley in the twenty twenty one film Ted Ted K. How many write in votes did he get? I wanna know. I don't know. Hundred and twenty three thousand write-in and blank votes were compiled as one total. Oh. So they blank. probably won't even give out who was who. The total votes figure includes all write in and scattered ballots, which cannot be attributed to any of these candidates. Uh party names and ballot statuses. Yeah, they're not gonna do it by I names. Voucher. Oh, I'm sure it's out there somewhere, but yeah. don't have enough time to dig right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: In his book, The Age of Spiritual Machines, 1999,
0: futurist Ray Kurzweil
1: quoted a passage from Kaczynski's manifesto, in Industrial Society and its Future. In turn, Kaczynski was referenced by Bill Joy, co-founder of Sun Microsystems, in the 2000 Wired article, Why the Future Doesn't Need Us. Joy stated Kaczynski is clearly a luddite. But simply saying, this does not dismiss his argument. Uh, Professor Jean-Marie Apostolides has raised questions surrounding the ethics of spreading Kaczynski's views. Like, should we be doing this? (laughs) Or is it bad that we're doing it?
0: Various radical movements and extremists have been influenced by Kaczynski. People inspired by Kaczynski's ideas show up uh, in unexpected places, from nihilist, anarchist, and eco-extremist movements to conservative intellectuals. Mm -hmm. Anders Behring Breivik, the perpetrator of the 2011 Norway attacks, published a manifesto which copied large portions of uh, Kaczynski's, Wow. with certain terms substituted, replacing leftists with cultural Marxists and multiculturalists. What's the difference?
1: Mm. What's the difference? What's difference what's the difference over 20 years after kaczynski's imprisonment his views have inspired an online community of primitivists and neo-ludites one explanation for the renewal of his interest in his views is the television series manhunt
0: unabomber makes sense
1: which aired in 2017 kaczynski is also frequently referred to by ecofascism online Although some militant fascists and neo-Nazi groups idolize him, Kaczynski described fascism in his manifesto as a kook ideology and Nazism as evil.
0: Uh, yeah, I would assume he would, right? Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Outlaws and Gunslingers. The Unabomber, we went a little long in this one, about an hour and 20-ish around there somewhere after the editing's all done, I'm assuming, which we've usually been trying to keep him at about 40 the forty-five, but uh
1: Number part. We were gonna, we man. were gonna do
0: part two, part ones and part twos, but it didn't really need a part two. And some, some episodes are obviously gonna need a part two, where they're gonna be an hour long each or something right, like that. But right, 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 this one, I think you guys can handle an hour and twenty minutes of uh, the episode. So that can you? is how we are gonna end this one with the Unabomber. His whole uh, explanation: he didn't like lefts, he didn't like conservatives, he didn't like technology. And supposedly he was not crazy either. Supposedly he was not crazy. So I don't know. This guy's still alive. Didn't die yet. So he's still in prison, rotting away. Well, he was moved to that uh, medical facility, but he still didn't die. In 2021. And so almost six months ago. So maybe died then. Just didn't say nothing. I don't know. Yeah, they would say so. doubt it. We would have heard about it. Yeah, but Unibar number dead. Yeah, my dad, twi- but dead. He's my dead. The Twitter world have been spitting on his grave. The Twitter world. And George them, truly. But, <laughs> George, yeah. Um, Ted K though, that's an interesting movie. I might have to check out. Yeah, man, just came out, guys. Check it out yourselves. Yeah, well, maybe. Um, with that being said, we will be back next week for who knows, but we will be back next week regardless. Even if we have to just uh, start up and say, "This is bang and Hi, yeah, and then we end the episode. Oh, you know, peace out, peace out. That'll do it for us. Did we just get a standing ovation? <laughs> I think we did. <laughs> uh, they're like, yes. <laughs> That's all we wanted to hear from them. Uh, we'll be back next week for another episode of All Laws and Gunslingers with the Monthly Michiganers with yes. Bing Dang.